Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Cash That Podcast with myself, Joe Delera, and producer Corey. So we've been doing this thing where we've been handing out the picks right away, at least two picks to start you off right and start off your Wednesday, start off your hump day. And we're going to be doing the Cleveland Cavaliers plus six and a half against the Utah Jazz and the Mavericks versus Knicks under 205. Now, I know an under isn't necessarily the way that you want to start your morning off, but let me tell you, we'll get back to this later. I think this is the right play. But um, the thing that I want to talk about now is with the NBA getting like really into the swing of things, you know, you're starting to talk about major trades that are, go- that are going to happen. And we can talk-, talk about some of the news that's associated with that uh, and the NFL playoffs starting. There's this thing. Some people say like they don't subscribe to it. They think it's bad, like business decisions, whatever. I'm a big I'm a big uh, proponent of hedging. And this is something that I want to talk about. Now, hedging, basically, for those of you that don't know, is not just for gardeners. It is something where you can, you know, bet on multiple sides of an angle or, or of a bet or of a particular outcome in order to ensure that you are returning some sort of winnings and, and realistically that you're not losing money. So the big thing here is like, you're really trying to guarantee a profit and it's probably because you put in a futures bet a while ago. And at this point now, you know, you're a little bit further along and this, this bet has some legs on it. So for the NFL, for example, I think this is prime time to start talking about it, especially with the fact that, you know, we have, the wild card weekends coming up and the favorite, <clears throat> the favorite right now is the green Bay Packers at plus three seventy five. They're the number one seed in the NFC. And then you have the Titans who are also the number one seed in the AFC at plus eight fifty. So there's a couple other different teams there along with like the chiefs, the bills, the bucks, the Rams, the Cowboys, etc. Um, that still have some legs here, still have an opportunity to, you know, to win uh, the Super Bowl. Now, I don't know if any of producer Corey, I know like we had put some bets in before the season started. I know a couple of the teams that I have futures on include the Bills, the Bucks, the Rams. And uh, I have a little bit on the Chiefs when they had a little bit of a down week or a couple down weeks. And uh, I opened up a position on the Cowboys after the Cardinals uh, beat them a couple of weeks ago when I told you all to bet the Cardinals money line in that game. So, producer Corey, do you have any rooting interest in the Super Bowl here? No, I wow. do, but it's the fucking Cowboys. So, oh, take it take God. it away from me. I don't. I put a little bit on that future. <laughs> I'll lose that so long as they don't win. I'm okay with it. Okay, that's fair. So I was hedging I mean, against look. my own happiness in that situation. But at this point, I can definitively say the money I'd win would not make me happier than if they were to just lose. And I preferred in a heartbreaking fashion. Hey, I mean, that's fair. I, I, I personally subscribe to the hedge on your happiness thing where, you know, we bet against our own team. So that way, worst case scenario, we're making a little bit of money here. But OK, so I, I think the way you have to look at this in terms of hedging is like how how much money is this bet going to be? Like how how life changing is this money going to be? So a couple of years ago when, you know, like I first really got it like a little bit more into betting and like I was betting more on, you know, obviously on like a legal sports book with uh, New Jersey legalizing gambling. 
I had a hundred to one future on the nationals to win the world series. The problem is that they were such heavy underdogs that it was really hard to hedge that bet. Um, going into the, going into the world series, going into each round, they were an underdog in every single round, but let's say you have a big futures bet on the green Bay Packers right now, you know, they have a buy and you're looking at this and you're saying, well, I don't, I don't know. Like I I'm, I'm concerned about the Buccaneers in, or I'm concerned about the Rams in the NFC. So what you could do is you could either take, you could open up a position on one of those teams right now uh, thinking like that the odds right now are the best odds that are probably going to be available. And, you know, if they advance, uh, they're going to decrease, but as obviously there's always a chance they get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. But if you're just trying to secure a profit and like kind of look into securing positions, some of the things to think about, especially with the playoffs is in the NFC uh, or in the NFL, rather the playoffs reseed. So what that means is that the Packers will play the lowest possible seed uh, uh, and the Titans will also play the lowest possible seed in the in their next round of the playoffs. Um, So when you think about that, you don't want to necessarily open up too many contrasting positions um, just because you're going to run into a situation where it becomes really like minus EV. Um, and minus expected value, because you'd want to be able to return at least a profit, you know, or at least your money back even uh, when you're doing this type of betting. Uh, So if you didn't have positions from earlier in the season, that's definitely something to keep an eye out for and something to keep in mind. So if you were a Packers better, for example, and you were concerned about the Buccaneers or the Rams, the only way that the Bucks can play the Rams in the first round or in the first game after uh, this set of uh, or after the wild card round is if all three of the Bucks, the Cowboys, and the Rams win. Otherwise, because of the reseed, they would play one of the Eagles, the 49ers, and the Cardinals. So maybe you don't want to open up a position on the Rams, like especially if you think that the Cardinals, uh, who are playing the Rams, could match up well, could beat the Rams, whatever. Um, so that's one thing to consider. Uh, another thing to consider is how you want to do the, your hedging. So do you want to take a bet for, or do you want to just wait and then bet against, because the Packers would presumably be favored in each round of the playoffs. Do you want to, you know, bet against each, <coughs> excuse me, do you want to bet against each team that they play, or do you want to just, oh, and hope that they just don't play the Bucks or they don't play the Rams uh, until an AFC or an NFC championship game or something like that. So there's a couple different ways you can do it. And at the end of the day, I think it matters with how much money we're talking about here. I think if it's, you know, if, you know, if, if you put like 10 bucks on it, whatever, um, I don't think $10 is really going to be life-changing for anybody here, uh, on a Packers bet where I think the highest odds that they were, were like seven to one at any given point in time this season. But, you know, if you have like a thousand dollars on it, if you have, uh, you know, a massive free bet that is way more than what you would normally bet on any any single event. Like, let's say you have a five hundred dollar free bet or a thousand dollar free bet and you put it on the Packers, you might say, OK, well, <clears throat> I really want to make sure that I lock in some profit here. I don't really care so much about the about what you know, what the odds are. I just want to make sure that I lock something in. I think at that point, that's something where you're saying, okay, well, I want to try to do a little bit of handicapping, but 
you have to obviously play it a little bit more conservatively. So one of the tools that you can use is with, especially with now the new sports books coming as I don't know if we have any New York listeners, I'm sure we do, but uh, there's a lot of like deposit bonuses, sign up bonuses, where if you bet, you get a risk-free bet. So those are all ways that you can also hedge, you know, like if you have uh, like, if you have a bet that's going to pay out 10 grand and you have a risk-free, a risk-free bet, that, that they'll insure up to $2,000, uh, you know, if, and that's how you want to hedge. You could always open up a FanDuel account or open up BetMGM or PointsBet, whatever. Uh, this isn't, this isn't necessarily uh, legal advice because I haven't, re- I haven't read these terms. I don't know what they are specifically. So be sure to read the fine print, but you know, you could probably, you could get a $2,000 bet down. That's relatively risk-free as long as you're sure that you want, you know, either free bet or free credits or whatever the rollover and roll through uh, requirements are, but that gives you an ability to hedge. So definitely look to use these sportsbook promos uh, as another way to hedge. If you, if you really are in a situation where you want, you know, you want to make sure that you lock in a little bit more of like life-saving or life-changing money. So a team like that, <clears throat> more so than the Packers, would be a team like the Titans. The Titans, I believe, were 30 to 1 at one point this season. They might have been 35 to 1, I think, as well, preseason. And like that's a team where personally I'm not super confident in the Titans. And I think I don't really think that they should be uh, you know, I think their odds are appropriate. And given where they are, even though they are the one seed, they're not, they're not the favorites. They're not, they don't have better odds than you know, the chiefs the or the bills. And those are teams are, those two teams are both playing this weekend uh, and don't have a buy. So if, if I'm a Titans futures holder, that's something that I might want to start opening up positions earlier, whether it's with free bets or uh, whether it's, you know, playing their, whoever they're playing in the next round of the playoffs. So for the Titans, they would be playing uh, any of the Steelers, the Patriots, the Raiders or the Bengals, uh, depending on who wins. So they couldn't play the chiefs. They couldn't play the bills in the next round of the playoffs. So that's definitely something to consider when you're creating this futures portfolio to, you know, try to hedge and try to make sure that you get a win here. <clears throat> Another tool that you can use for this is using a hedging calculator. And that's something that's on, you know, the action networks website. So, well, the way that we're talking about hedging right now is we're talking about, you know, individual bets and like very specific betting. So if you're, you know, if you get to the Super Bowl, like let's say you have that Packers future and <clears throat> the Packers future is going to pay out, you know, a thousand dollars or something like that. And you are in a position where you haven't hedged yet. You've been holding still. You're saying, like, I, I don't want to hedge. I believe that they will get to the Super Bowl. The only teams that I think could beat them are the Chiefs and the Bills. And you get to the Super Bowl, you see what the odds are, you input the odds of both types of, of, of both bets. So the original odds that you had, and then the odds on the opposite outcomes. So that could be if the Chiefs or the Bills were underdogs in that matchup, for example, you could either use the spread and try to middle it, or you could use the money line, which is would be a plus money. So you probably have a little bit better um, value or so to speak, but you're, you know that you're going to lose one of those bets. Whereas with the middle, um, or at least the slight chance at a middle, you could possibly win both um, while, you know, maybe having to lay a little bit more money or capping your ceiling 
just a bit in the event that only one of those wins. So those are all things to consider. Those are tools that you should use. And the hedging calculator will say, okay, well, if you do this, like if this is what your payout is, this is how much you need to lay at these odds to guarantee this type of profit. So I think that it really just depends on how much money you have and how much money that you you know are willing to risk. But with, in particular with futures bets, there's different ways to do it. You have to really think about how the playoffs could run and how these teams could match up against each other and say like, this is where I want to pick or this is the spot that I want to open up a position to hedge this type of bet. Um, so that's one thing. Another thing to think about is <clears throat> I see a lot of, <clears throat> I see a lot of God. <laughs> I see a lot of really crazy parlays and I see a lot of even futures parlays and people are get, get people get put into the situation where they have to say, am I going to cash this out? And a lot of people don't want to do that. They're like, I don't want to cash out because, you know, the number that's available to me is, you know, they're offering me $30,000 and the ultimate payout could be 500,000. It just needs one more leg. One of the problems with this is that whenever I construct a really crazy parlay, you got to make sure that whatever the heck the last leg is, like, I don't even care. Like if you're not confident in it, you basically have to make it the favorite. Um, especially if you're doing a money line parlay or something like that, you almost have to make it the favorite because you're just never going to get an opportunity to hedge. Like if you take, um, like, for example, if you took in the NBA, if you took the, in, as the last leg of a money line parlay, if you took the Detroit Pistons money line against the Utah Jazz, I understand that the Pistons just beat the Jazz, and that's why I'm using this example. Um, and the money line was like eight to one or something like that. The problem is, is that the Jazz money line is going to be like minus 400. So you're never going to really be in a good position to either hedge it or to cash it out because that's just not what's expected to happen there. Um, and you'd have to lay so much money to you know, actually get the fair hedge amount. So <clears throat> I don't recommend making the final leg of a parlay a heavy, heavy underdog. Now, another thing that I would recommend is if you're doing this and you're doing these crazy parlays, if you're going to put $10 on it, $5 on it, whatever, literally put the same bet in twice and just divide the amount in half. So if you get to this position, most people aren't going to have like, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're betting $5 on a parlay to win $500,000, you probably don't have enough money to, to hedge this. So you're basically in a situation where you, you're not going to get enough credit to do it. And you're kind of at the whims of whatever the sports book wants to offer you. So if the sports book's like, yeah, uh, we'll give you 10 grand on this, but you're, you could win 500,000. You might even know, like, even if it is bad odds, um, you know, and you have the dog or something like that, you know that that's like not really a fair cash out offer. But the books know that you probably can't you probably can't really do anything about it. And they're comfortable in their position. If you open up the exact same bet twice, you're going to get the ability to cash out half of your bet, basically. So if you bet something for five dollars, like you want to do this parlay for five dollars. And they're offering you $10,000 on the cash out. What you could do is if you had split that in half and you had had one $2.50 parlay and another $2.50 parlay, they would probably offer you five grand on each of them. Then you can just say, okay, well, I'll cash out one and I'll let the other one ride. 
And that's like another way that you can kind of look at this in terms of hedging or whatever you want to do. But at least it gives you the ability to make that decision where you can say like, all right, well, um, I want to let this ride because I think I'm right. But at the same time, it gives you a little bit more security uh, and it gives you that ability to cash out. And I don't think a lot of people really think about how going into a, you know, going into a 13 leg parlay that on the last leg, they're going to be live. And, you know, it's like, you think about, you're like, Oh, like this is going to be good. Like every time I put in a bet, I think it's a winner. Um, I'm not putting in bets to lose unless obviously I'm hedging, but if you're, if you're like, if you're not really doing that, this at least gives you the chance to say, like, if you get cold feet, you don't have to have crazy regret. You can say like, all right, yeah. Like maybe I'm not going to win uh, 500,000 or like, that's not my max anymore. And my max is just, you know, uh, 250,000 and then another 5,000 from the cash out. But, you know, I, like I could live with that. I think that's fine. That gives me the ability to at least cash some of this out and ensure that I have a profit going into that final thing. Um, because, you know, I, I'm not a millionaire. I like $250,000 is, uh, would be crazy amount of money too. Um, whether it's 250, 500,000, that's a lot of money. Um, so I think that those are all things that you can really consider and all things that you can really um, use to your advantage and strategize with. So be sure to line shop those parlays uh, and then be sure to, you know, give yourself the option if you want to cash out, cash out. And, it, you know, you, at least you have a shot here. So I think that those are a couple different tools that are at your disposal, uh, whether it's line shopping, cashing out, putting in a bet multiple times. And, you know, hedging and projecting what these teams are going to do moving forward. And it, it'll let you add to your futures portfolio. It'll make you more com confident and comfortable when you watch these games. And those are all different ways where you can kind of secure yourself, secure your bankroll and, you know, enjoy watching the game more so than, you know, sweating over whether or not you're going to bring anything home. Uh, so that's my that's my take on hedging. And it's a little bit of my take on futures and how to put in some crazy parlays here. All right. So now we're going to talk about our two NBA plays for today. The first pick was the Cleveland Cavaliers plus six and a half against the Utah Jazz. Um, part of this has to do with the availability of Rudy Gobert, who was entered into the league's health and safety protocols on January 6th. So he still hasn't cleared that at, as of the time of this recording. And at plus six and a half, I think that he's very impactful to the Jazz, especially in this matchup against the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, you know, obviously if he plays, I think that this spread will um, actually like blow up a little bit more towards the Jazz. So you might be losing a little bit of value here, but I still like the six and a half. A big reason for this is even if Rudy Gobert does play, He's probably what's what's been common with all these players that have gone in and out of health and safety protocols is they're kind of they either don't play right away as soon as they're cleared due to conditioning, or even if they do play, they might play in a little bit more of a limited capacity. But one of the big things here is that over the past you know four games or so that Rudy Gobert's missed, the Jazz have actually lost three in a row to the Pistons the Pacers and the Raptors and the Pistons are not good. The Pistons are like a bad basketball team. And uh, that's, you know, his impact just cannot be overstated here. Rudy Gobert is the second best player in terms of point differential per hundred possessions. He's a plus 12.6 with a plus 1.2 on offense 
and a minus 11.3 points per possession per hundred possessions on defense. Now, this is ultra critical against the Cleveland Cavaliers, a team that has dominated interiors with Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, uh, Laurie Markinen, Shetty Osmond. Like they are going all out. And that, the thing is here, the six and a half, I think is just too much. Um, even on the season, the Jazz, they're the second best team in adjusted net rating at plus 7.5. But the Cleveland Cavaliers are number four. They're plus 5.2 in adjusted net rating. So I understand that they lost Rajon or they lost Ricky Rubio. They've kind of filled him in with Rajon Rondo. That's not, you know, that's obviously not the max like, upgrade here because it's not, you know, you're taking a little bit of a downturn. But the Cavs still like they haven't really missed the beat. And the Cavaliers are really one of the best teams in the uh in the NBA. And I think we need to talk about them. I and I put in a little bit of, of future, you know, I took one of my free bets and I threw it on there. So I can't wait to hedge that later. Uh, you know, using some of the things we talked about, but they're 23 and 18 and they're sitting in sixth place in the Eastern conference. They're not a bad team. And I think that just in this matchup in particular, if Rudy Gobert is unable to go, the jazz are going to dominate your, or the jazz are going to get dominated by Mobley and Jared Allen on the interior. Even if Rudy Gobert is able to play, I still like the matchup because I think that the size that the Cavaliers have, it really presents this unique type of issue for the Utah Jazz, who have kind of slipped a little bit over the past couple of games. So I'll take this plus six and a half with the road dog in this matchup uh, between two of the better teams in the NBA right now. So I'll, I, I like the Cavs at plus six and a half in this spot. And I like them, especially if Rudy Gobert is unable to play or is going to see limited minutes. <clears throat> now, the next game that I'm going to talk about is the New York Knickerbockers, my Knicks, against the Dallas Mavericks. So I believe that Chris Stapps Porzingis is not going to be able to play in this game, but this is going to be, I, this might actually be like snooze fest. Um, the Knicks and the Mavericks have the two slowest paces in the league at 95.2. And 95.6. Those are the two slowest marks in the league. And a lot of it has to do with the offense. Uh, the Knicks have the longest off or the third longest offensive possession length in terms of seconds at 15.4 seconds per possession. And the Mavericks are at 15.4, which is uh, so they're actually the same, but the Mavericks are you know, second slowest. It must be like by a decimal. I'm using some data from dunks and threes. So while this might not sound like a lot, it really is because the Spurs and the Hornets both play the fastest and they're at 14 seconds. So over a course of a game where you're looking at, you know, a hundred possessions, if not more one, you know, one and a half seconds that you're, you're seeing multiple possessions get shaved off here. So I think that that's something to look at. And then additionally, on even on defense, teams aren't taking fast shots on them. So the Mavericks there at 14.7 seconds in terms of defensive possession length, and the Knicks are at 14.8 seconds, which are both bottom marks in the league. The Mavericks are 17th, the Knicks are 25th. Additionally, when you look at these teams, they've just been struggling offensively. The Mavericks, ever since Jason Kidd took over, I don't know what it is exactly. Luka hasn't really looked the same. They've become a little bit more of a defensive-minded team. They have the sixth-best adjusted defensive rating at 107.6. 
And while their offense is okay, you know, it's middling, it's about 110 uh, point, it's 110.0, which is 17th in the league in terms of adjusted offensive rating. Uh, their defense is really what's been carrying them. Whereas if you look at the Knicks, the Knicks just really can't move the ball. They're not scoring. They're not really playing that well. And just in this matchup, I think between two slower paced teams, we are going to be seeing a low scoring game. So I, I get that the number 205 might be a little, you know, it, it feels scary hitting the under on a game with a total of 205. But I, I think that there's still some room here on the under. And that's a number that I want to take, especially with, you know, the Mavericks that don't have Chris Porzingis and the Knicks just like don't really have a true point guard outside of Kemba Walker, uh, who, you know, has been playing various amounts of minutes here. So I like the under 205. So my two NBA picks for this week are the Cleveland Cavaliers plus six and a half against the Utah Jazz and the Knicks versus Mavericks under 205. Now we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you for sticking with us. We did a little bit of uh, a little bit of extra talking this week. So, you know, I'm glad to have you guys listen to me for a little bit longer, but now we're going to learn and listen from producer Corey with pods and recs. Producer Corey, how are you? Fuckers. Um, I finally caught up on curb. Go watch curb. That's the recommendation. It's very simple. Fucking hilarious. season. Oh my God. I finally caught all the way up. Just fucking amazing. It was so good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Of course. (laughs) Course. I had to say it. Um, my recommendation here is going to be bring Advil with you when you go on a trip. Like if you think you're going to drink, bring Advil. Because let me tell you, it was my birthday. It was my 30th. And I, the day after, I don't know what happened, but like hangovers hit you differently when you become 30. And I didn't have Advil. And I wasn't like, it, it, that was the worst thing I think that's ever happened to me in like a long time, at least this year. So I just didn't have any Advil. So I highly recommend bringing Advil. If you're concerned about COVID things, then you probably aren't traveling anyway, but bring Tylenol then. And you just got to have some sort of painkiller because you never know when a headache is going to strike and you never know, you know, just how much that painkiller might help you a little bit. Um, Over the counter, obviously, we are not drug dealers. Um, So... (laughs) So with that, you know, I hope everybody has a great week and let's catch that. Uh